Yeah, here. We're fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get in the Garage. Get in the Garage. It just, I like how like the intro is going to play and then you're just like, do it right after. Huh? Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? It's, we'll do it live. Do it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> What's going on, everyone? Um, welcome to the fourth and final show in celebration of Black History Month. We wanted to finish uh, this celebration off with. I think, I mean, one of our, I think we can all agree, probably top five most favorite songwriters of all time. Yeah, I favorite mean, artists, yeah. Yeah, like, just all around. Um, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Uh, born Stevland Hardaway Morris. Judkins, Ma- but then changed to Morris, but yes. Okay, bo- oh yes, that's right, Born Judkins does, does say that here. Uh, born May 13th, 1950. Uh Stevie Wonder is most no- notably known for being on the Tamla um, label, which was the subsidiary of Motown. Uh, he started off, uh, how old? I think he was 11 years old when he got signed to, to, to Tamla Motown. Um, then he was known as Little Stevie Wonder. Um, he w- you know, I mean, he did so much for Motown. But the thing that we're going to really focus on for this episode is we're going to do a five faves style podcast breakdown taking the five albums from what would you what you could consider his classic period uh starting off with music of my mind into talking book going into inner visions fulfilling this first finale and then songs in the key of life those are the five that we're going to be focusing on today uh and we're going to rank from our least favorite to our most favorite Right, I mean, that, but least that's... favorite meaning like what finger would you want to chop off? Because they're all excellent. Yeah, right, exactly. I and I mean, Jeff, you and I were talking about it. Uh, I think yesterday, the day before, like, and even with you two, Luke, like, this is this is probably one of the most difficult five to kind of put in order. I thought, or this was this was really challenging. I think there were for me listening back to this stuff. There were some. There's pretty clear choices. In some aspects, but I found like certain albums that maybe initially were probably closer to like the four or five spot kind of did this little switcheroo. And I found I really enjoyed some albums that I, you know what I mean? Like I kind of, I kind of flip flopped a little bit, but in the best way, I spent the whole week with Stevie Wonder. Uh, He made me feel all my feelings and I loved every minute of it. He made me laugh. He made me cry. So uh, I think we should get into it. So, Luke, why don't you uh, kick us off? What was what is your number five? Your you uh, know, your your least favorite, but you know, least of the most favorite. It might be a controversial pick here, but I'm going to go music of my mind being my least favorite. Um, I don't think the songs are bad. I like them. It's just, uh, I honestly, I think it's like the production for me. It's not quite like the fire, like dialed in Stevie Wonder that we're going to get like an album or two later. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's this, like, doing this for me is, like, um, it's, like, all of these are, like, you know, five-star albums for me. 
So it's like kind of, you know what I mean? But um, music on my mind just doesn't like hit with me as hard. Um, and it's kind of probably more the production side than the song side, like I said. But, um, you know, I, and I, I feel like this is uh, one of, that you guys actually like pretty heavily, right? I do. Yeah. This, so when we talk about music in my mind, so this is like, this is the first of the five that he made in 1972. It came out in, I think, March of 1972. And this was the album that he made while he was still negotiating a new contract with Motown. Motown had him under this like huge contract when he was a little kid and then it expired. And he signed for like the biggest contract in musical history with like a 15% percentage of his royalties and this huge deal but he made this album independently without having a deal with these two guys who are very important in the next four album in these first four albums until you get to songs in the key of life which was uh the two members of the band called tonto's expanding headband which was made up of malcolm cecil and robert margaleff so like if you listen to music in my mind you hear for the first time like Stevie Wonder is doing all of everything himself. Like he he plays everything except for like a trombone solo and a guitar solo on this album. Um, and that's because he hooked up with those two guys who had this machine called Tonto, which was a room-sized synthesizer that was combining like synths from all different companies and brands into this infinite loop. So it was like Stevie Wonder was controlling his own orchestra on all these keyboards and modules and wires. And he had these two guys like helping him dial things in. Um, so I think this album being like the first of that experimental phase and the first of this, like I'm an adult now, it does have this like very sloppy production. I kind of like it for its sloppiness because it sounds like super organic and it's, it's messy, but like in a good way, like, like it's a thing of like Stevie Wonder plays everything, but like somehow he has a slightly different like sense of timing on every instrument, like on drum. So it like sounds loose. It sounds like it sounds like a, there's a band in the room, um, because like he's so expressive, especially like on the hi hat, which he usually recorded by itself. And um, so I kind of like the sloppiness and like how it's pieced together quality of this album. But yeah, this is I, I won't reveal. I guess I guess we'll go number by number. But I like this album a lot, and this is the album I personally have listened to probably the most front to back out of all five yeah see like i feel like this one just hasn't like had my day with me yet like it hasn't yeah. like, super click like i enjoy it and like you said like the things i do like about it is the um it, i mean i like the i feel like the the synth sounds got a little better and like higher produced later but i do love like the stevie like the drum sound being like mm. almost almost like it's like a you know half a beat off from everything else and it's almost like um keith moon style like yeah. you know orchestral like the um does a lot of like you know hits on the crash cymbals and stuff mm. just making noise kind of like filling up the space and like that is something that i do love about this record and it's just like the synth sound is so uniquely different for the time too like all these records um have like a common theme which is no other records and i'm almost like this day really sound like these records do because it's yeah. like kind of one guy making them so they're highly personalized uh, style and that's you know this one is really the, the obviously like you said the start of the classic run and uh you know it's do, a it's a great start do you have like maybe a least favorite and then a favorite track from this album um see for me it's just like i kind of always kind of take it in more of like one piece when okay. i do listen to it but there's nothing on this one like i do like evil probably mm -hmm. like the last track on it but like that for me, it's like there's no 
it's kind of like that's all kind of and then you know what i mean i do like evil quite a bit though but i think the rest of them are kind of on like the same par like i don't like dislike any song on here but it's kind of just you know yeah it plays through this one i have to say like plays through with a consistent style Mm. i think like it it's all kind of like um like the other records they kind of get like more like um separated in like style and stylized thought in the songs Mm. um but like this one for me like is the most is cohesive like one solid piece all the way down kind of thing yeah it's kind of more flowy like pink floydy if that makes sense yeah Mm. no definitely I thought you, I thought the sloppiness. I I pegged you as liking this a lot more because you're into that like garage rocky like DIY thing. Well, we'll we'll, get, we'll there. get there. There is. Yeah. I feel like that has an apex a little later, which yeah, okay. I enjoy the most. Gotcha. I now I know which one's gonna be your favorite. I I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, how about you, man? What is what's number five on the docket? Um, number five for me is. Probably number five, just because I've I've listened to it the least, and mm, I don't know, but it's fulfilling this first finale is number five for me. Um, so this album, I would say the reasons why I, it doesn't connect that much with me is because uh, I'm like a hits guy first and foremost when it comes to Stevie Wonder, and when I listen to him like throughout my life, and this album like it kind of only has like two hits, which would be. Boogie on Reggae Woman and uh, You Ain't Done Nothing, I think, are the two hits on this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Or You Haven't Done Nothing or whatever that one's called. Mm -hmm. But um, so like this this album, one, something I love about it is the I love all the artwork for these five albums, but I especially like this album artwork because it's a smiling Stevie Wonder with this like planes of existence kind of like artwork and this long piano and he also like puts right up front like the the pictures of all the grammys he won from the previous album (laughs) it's like the most it's like oh i never noticed that yeah like i it looks like a like a bundle of roses if you look quickly but it's it's the four grammys he won for the previous album (laughs) (laughs) so i always like that um but like this album it it sounds like the it sounds like the prologue to Songs of the Key of Life in a good way. Like compared to uh, Music of My Mind, Talking Book, and Inner Visions, it sounds much smoother and produced and um, kind of like hi-fi and all that. But the songs still just don't catch me as much as the other four albums. Um, mm. I made sure in this week to listen to this one the most out of the five because I was the least familiar with it. So like it's Stevie Wonder. So it's still like every song is still amazing. Like I, I don't know, maybe, maybe my least favorite of this album is maybe it ain't, it ain't no use, but even that one I like cause it has Minnie Ripperton and Denise Williams on backing vocals. Um, but it has great songs. It has Boogie on Reggae Woman with the crazy staccato, tons of notes, Moog bass. Uh, it has uh, Heaven is 10 Zillion Light Years Away. It has a great song that he played at Steve, at a Michael Jackson's funeral, They Won't Go When I Go. Um, and it has this like fun, goofy song. Or goofy because like, it sounds so weird. But Bird of, Be- Bird of Beauty I've always enjoyed. Um, that has uh, Bobby, yeah, Bobby Hall on 
on I think it's called Quika, which is that like that drum. It sounds like somebody wiping Windex right. off a window. It's like well, that's kind of how it's played. It's, it's this Brazilian yeah. via Africa drum where you like put your hand. It only has one head. You put your hand in, and it has like a rod attached to the center, and you like wipe that literally with like a cloth. And then you you just like rub on the head. It's not a striking drum. It's a, I think they call it a friction drum. So it has that like cool sound effect thing. Um, I also like the if we're talking about sounds, I like the first song "Smile Please" because like during the chorus, it has what I call what I call the cat sounds, where Stevie and the other background vocals go like, <laughs> and I, I've always just liked that. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this album is it's good. And it has songs that I really like. It has uh, the Jackson Five on uh, whatever that song is. You ain't done nothing. Oh, uh, yeah, Dude, yeah, you haven't Jackson. done nothing, right? So it's it's still a great album, but like I I it's not as experimental as the previous three, and it's not as polished and grandiose as songs the key of life. Um, but like I respect this album a lot, especially because. Stevie Wonder got into this like almost died car accident three days after the previous album was released, Inner Visions. And he was in a coma for I think a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. And then like he put out this album less than a year after that previous album in accident. So like I think it just shows like a dude who like was just destined to just create and make amazing music. And this album, because of his near-death experience, it is I think it's more subdued and more like looking inward and like processing his feelings and his view on life and death so it's a little more somber compared to the other four that we're going to talk about but again still like if i'm grading them all this is an a minus for me so like it's still an album i like that your like least favorite song in here is one of my favorites i love ain't no use i think it's one of like the best ballads oh i love it so much i mean i'm picking when it comes to stevie ballads because i like stevie ballad more than i like any other version of stevie and I mean, it's it's probably my eighth favorite Stevie ballad, so that's why. Oh, <laughs> uh, I all like yeah. This I this record was also like my least like familiar one, and I listened to it a ton this week, and I think it might have moved up a little yeah. bit for me. But like, I really really enjoyed like the somberness of it at times. Um, like, uh, and Boogie on it has like two like well, I really love like Stevie's like super like the kind of like faster high energy tracks, and Boogie on Reggae Woman on here is like quintessentially that um and like the production on it is like tighter yeah. like you know, really good and that harmonica solo that plays over it is so kicking mm-hmm. um i love that one and like you said birds of uh bird of paradise is like the same kind of like upbeat funkiness and that instrument like all week i was like what is that instrument like what did they do did they sample like somebody wiping windex like what is i always thought it was someone laughing like because it's like (laughs) 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 and yeah no and to that too like it for me it sounded like early hip-hop like Mm. all day like that's it sounded like somebody like sampling drums like in their own way and that's why i was like oh this is amazing bobby hall man female percussion player she played on tons of motown stuff she's like um she's a monster she's a legend oh Um, i love that track she plays congas on i think the opening song on this album too and like the like the soundscape uh like of the synth on here Mm. especially on like um they won't go where i go like it's so sparse and and um 
you know what I mean? It's just layered with all that kind of stuff. I really love that. I thought that was like, I mean, that's like a key in all of this these albums, but on here, I really liked the uh, the effect of like the sparse version. Yeah, of that. that song is like mm. it's like a lot of Stevie ballads where it's like almost like it's like baroque soul, like it's like Bach, mm-hmm. but like written by a black guy in 1973. It's cool. Yeah, it's a, it has almost like some of like the calls to that kind of music too, in like the you know like um you know like you know references, but not like totally right on to that. I love it. Every time I yeah. write a song, I have to be like, did Stevie Wonder did Stevie Wonder already write this phrase? Because <laughs> I'm so influenced <laughs> by him as a songwriter. Yeah, this one. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would agree with you too, Luke, in that way where it was like, and, and, and you too, Jeff, for that. This, this was an album that I was probably the least familiar with out of the catalog, but going back and listening to it and making it a priority to listen to it like frequently in the past week, um, I was like really pleasantly surprised, man. I, I really, really dug this album. Um, and you'll, and, and you know, we'll get down the list and stuff, but to, 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 to change gears here, to go to my number <laughs> yeah. five, this might maybe, maybe a very controversial number five for me, but for me, I have to select songs in the key oh of life. Oh my God. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, man. I did not see that coming. Because this is, let me, let me tell you why yeah. it's got all the accolades. It's got all the, it's got, I mean, you have, I mean, how many singles are on this album? Like, let's be real. You have, I wish, isn't she lovely? Sir Duke, another store, another star, another star, another star. As I mean, there are there are so many good songs on this album, and I know you know. And then you know the pastime paradise, <coughs> sampled by Coolio. Like, isn't she the lovely? I love that song. I lo- <laughs> I love the song. Uh, isn't she lovely? Go. I love I love like how it's kind of like from this sort of like father perspective of like a like a love for a child, that kind of thing. Um, I mean. It it is it's a great 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 album. It's just that looking like going back and listening to the entire discography, it was it was really sorry. I'm clapping. I'm like slapping my hands together. Um, it yeah. It was just I I love this album, but I just came to really really enjoy and love the other four. Maybe just a little bit yeah. more in varying degrees. You know, like again, I mean, like we we talked about it in. Uh, you know, in our, in our chat, you know, I mean, it, this is the one that the documentaries are made out of. This is the one, I mean, it was, I think it was inducted into, uh, the, uh, the library of Congress. You know is what it, I mean? It's like number it, four on the Rolling Stones list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Like I, you know, and it is, man, it's an incredible, incredible album, but. Is it, uh, for me, a lot of like why maybe I won't like put this one on as much is, is, is the, um, denseness of it. There's so much on it. Yeah. Which, it's very a la white album. Yeah. You know, you it, get kind of fatigue at the end what's, of it. What's the yeah. wild no, 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 I I listen, album? I, uh, does it have one? For, I don't for know me, if it has one. Does it? I don't think it has I, one. I tried to listen to Contusion more and more this week and mm. it's, you know, it's jazz fusion craziness, but I actually, I didn't mind it now that I'm older. Like listening, to, I listened to the whole thing full straight through, like the vinyl version with the seven inch. And for me, if the way it played, it did at the end of it. It was a super dense record, but it, every song on it, I was like, none of these are bad. Like, you know what I mean? There wasn't like a lemon on there for me. There's no like giant <laughs> revolution nine. So I, 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 I'm, you know what I mean? I think it's, it's you, pretty good. 
pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, I think the lasting impact of it, of you know, is you know, of course, like it, it. There's a this is this is the this I think establishes really or finalizes the the cherry on top of the legacy of Stevie Wonder, just as a songwriter, as a musician, and like as you know everything. But um, you know, I mean, he even has like the Hari Krishnas come in and 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 sing on the album. Like he, he there's there's so many layers to it. Herbie Hancock's on it. I mean, our <laughs> yes. Michael Sambello is on this. A very young Michael Sambello, the Pastafarian <laughs> himself, um, with his uh, prayer hair beads and stuff. Um, it, I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's incredible. There's, I think, uh, I think it is the track, right? Contusion. That's the one. That's it's very like Mahavishnu. That's Orchestra Michael Sambello. It sounds kind of like a John. Crazy. Right, right. So and, yeah, oh, it's, it's definitely and, it's got that like John John on this um Greg Fillingains, uh, the keyboardist for Michael Jackson for like thirty years. He did all the keyboard stuff on like the song Thriller. He he's plays on a couple of tracks too. He's playing the keyboards on on Contusion. So I don't even know what Stevie played on yeah. that track. He probably played uh, some keyboards, but I think it was just more like he wrote it for a band to play. Yeah, and and in terms of like a music nerd, you know, I mean, does it really get any better than the song Sir Duke? You know, with those like you have this, you have these crazy runs, you have all this stuff, but um, but yeah, I I love, I do, I love this album. It's just I found that I fell in love with other albums, maybe just a little bit more, maybe just a little bit more, and maybe just because there's so many singles on this album that I've heard so so often and so much. That I kind of was like, yeah, I know, you know, I, yeah, you know, isn't she? You know, it's, these are great songs, but it's like, I think it was the the personal and emotional experience that I had with the other albums kind of overshadow kind of my my uh, this, the experiences with this album. So, but still amazing, like you said, it's like you know, yeah, choosing one of your fingers to cut well, off. Well, this it's album, like, you you it's know, like you if you can't. look at all five, it's like. Music of My Mind and Talking Book are kind of on the same level production-wise and sound-wise in general. And then Inner Visions takes, like, a step forward. And then Fulfillingness takes another step forward. But then, like, Songs of Key of Life is, like, a giant step forward. Because all the other albums, he spent, like, six months each working on. So it's just, like, polished. It's, like, there's none of those, like, extra sloppy, off-the-beat type of things. It's, like, this is, like, my this is his Sistine Chapel, like, you know. So, so it is so it's starkly yeah. contrasted to the other sure. four. So it makes sense. And, and I used to kind of get sick of this album sometimes because I was so familiar with the singles, but I actually have fallen in love with the, with the deeper cuts more and more over these past, you know, 20 years that I've been listening to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, again, if it's the weakest of these five albums or your least favorite of these five, that's still saying it's still a good album. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, cool. So, number four, let's let's go clink down, Luke. My number four is uh, also songs in the key of life, and we just mm. talked about it. But like, yeah, for me, it's just dense. Um, like the singles are really great on it, but um, I enjoy the production being a bit more like you know loopy back and forth tempo wise. Um, and. <laughs> I mean, that's me with a lot of music, but this is like, obviously, I can also say in the same breath, but it is like his uh, magnum opus. It's like if you were to like explain Stevie Wonder and one record to somebody, it's definitely this one. Um, and also, I want to shout out the fact of this record. I know we've been talking about it for a minute, but uh, Jeff like really blew my mind when he told me this. He was 26 years old when he uh, made this 
like double album with a seven inch um and then pretty much like kind of fell off the face of the earth afterwards <laughs> and so for this to be like his crowning uh achievement of like mastery album at 26 years old for me it's just so, like all something that blows my mind because obviously he was a child prodigy but this is so young for the worldliness of the record the production of the record like how highly skilled and organized it was and just like all the themes of life love loss um in it is just for me that the expression of it is yeah dude he amazing. he made these five hours so, between probably, like 21 and oh, about to turn 26 it's fucking crazy yeah which is very that mind crazy. that's what i love about it too and for me like listening to it was like stevie wonder being somebody who's blind i can't really imagine what that's like but like just closing my eyes and listening to the music is like you know what i mean it's just such like a personal statement because a lot of these songs are so personal like have a talk with god on um songs of the key of life um and it's just like that kind of feel where you're just like Stevie Wonder's so cool, but you know what I mean? It's also neat that he can like add yeah. something like that in there, you know? That's so personal. But oh, that's man. my number four. My uh my number right four. Right on. Uh I kind of like came into this week thinking what my rankings were and basically just three and four flipped. But my number four is talking book. Um number four, just because comparatively to the other the other three that are ahead of it, I just like those three more. But Talking Book, of course, has Superstition on it, which, you know, maybe Stevie Wonder's highlight song that most people know. Uh, it has other great songs that aren't hits that I really love. I love Big Brother, which is like this kind of like, uh, it's like a woodsy soul song where he plays a ton of ton of harmonica and lyrics are, you know, in, in, uh, inspired by 1984 and like the government and all that stuff. Um, I believe when I fall in love is the album closer, which is like maybe the best album closer in my opinion on the, out of these five albums, which I think, you know, like I'm an album purist. So like, I always love a good album opener and closer. I do like you are the sunshine of my life, which opens this album, but it also is like every boomers wedding song <laughs> possibly. So it's like, I've heard it a billion times. Um, but I do like that song because I like the storytelling aspect of it opens with a male voice, not Stevie Wonder, echoed by a female voice. And then Stevie Wonder comes in as like the narrator of the love song. So I, I do like that part of it. Um, maybe my least favorite part of this album, I have to say, is uh, Looking for Another Pure Love, which I like kind of, but also... It's interesting because that one was written with his, like, either soon-to-be or had just become his ex-wife, Cyrita Wright. So it's, like, has this weird kind of twist for me. Like, I just think it's kind of, it's a little, as the kids say, it's a little messy. Um, and I love Jeff Beck. I love his solo album he put out three years later, a Blow by Blow, which had two Stevie Wonder tracks on it, and Stevie Wonder played Clavinet on the track. But I think Jeff Beck kind of like poisons this song. He's like playing slop nonsense. Like <laughs> he does that chromatic, like I'm Jeff Beck and I'm noodling in the middle of an amazing album nonsense, which it's fine in moderation. But I personally was almost disgusted by it. I tried to, I tried to listen to this song a bunch and I'm just like, God damn you, Jeff Beck, with your cut off sleeves, you fucking asshole. I 
Um, I, our view on that yeah. song is so opposite. I'm like, best, I'm like, that's my favorite cotton that record. Yeah, you were just talking to me about it last night. Je- Luke's like, yo, do you know that's, that's Jeff Beckler's track? I was like, oh, I had no idea. Like, yeah, isn't it great? I, I, that's like my one of my wow, favorite wow. solos of all time. Yeah, I mean, I but that's just it. a taste thing, man. That's just you know different. Different opinions. No, I, um. <laughs> I love that though because you like it. All the <laughs> yeah, reasons know, you I don't know. like it are all Which the reasons I Which at least that's good. Just like, like it. Know <laughs> so that's good. Um, uh, you know, like, oh, a fun fact of this album, which I looked up, was the second song, Maybe Your Baby, which is, it's like a funk vamp that kind of just like repeats, repeats, which is cool. I'm down with now that I'm in my 30s. I hated that kind of shit t- 10 years ago. Um, but it's like seven minute song that just kind of goes over and over again. A fun fact is that this guitar on that track, which is very prominent, it's like a basically a guitar solo with Stevie Wonder singing some stuff. That's Ray Parker Jr., who was like 18 or 19. He's the guy who did the Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yes. That coupled with Michael Zambello, the guy who did Maniac from Flashdance being Stevie Wonder collaborators, just like made me crack up all week. Um, but yeah, it's number four. I going to the week it was number three but um my number three just like uh, um, upon more listens just like i really enjoyed more but uh, you know it's a, this one's still an it's an a so you know but yeah 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 i'll i'm gonna join you on that one jeff i'm gonna say talking books probably my number four as well um i mean the uh, you know of course you are the sunshine of my life. I love the like the weird like chromatic hitch thing that he does up there, uh, like in there. Um, similarly, yeah, I mean it's it's a great. I mean it's it's like track listing wise, you know, yeah, like maybe your baby. I do love that song. I love you and oh, I. Oh, that's that's we conquer a, the world. Oh I God. love I love that song. I, I mean, it was song. it hit me and and like some. In some feels for sure this week listening to it. The um, synth on that guy's like it, like oh, so different than anything else for that time period. So influential. Like, I love the delay, the, the slight delay on the vocals that too. The, that's a that's mm-hmm. a killer song. Oh yeah, production wise, check out that song, guys, because that's like one of my favorites on that. Yeah. Um and of course the the juggernaut of the album superstition, obviously, you know. But let me just say, I'll say this, man. I'm not superstitious, <laughs> but I am a little stitious. And this and this song, uh, and this song, uh, you know, I can definitely say sometimes I uh, I take I take Stevie's advice, man. And uh, you know, superstition ain't the way, man. So like, you know, I love that. I love the clavinet on it. I mean, it's just so funky. It's so I love the quack 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 like the you know. It's just it's so great. I mean, he does the Moog bass on there too. Trevor Lawrence on tenor sax, Steve Medeo on trumpet. Like, it's a killer. It's a killer killer song. Um, but likewise with, uh, songs in the key of life, I just kind of like, I, I felt more attachment and more love and adoration for just, you know, a couple of the album, other albums, a little bit more than this, but likewise, I mean, it's still just, I mean, it's all these albums are profound. So it's like, how can you really, you know, how can you really rank them? It's kind of unfair to do so, but we're doing, you know, we're we're doing it. We're doing, we're doing it. Um, so cool. Well, there's the first two rounds. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with a new Zoom call, <laughs> and uh, and we'll try to finish uh, finish this off with each of our top three. So we'll be right back. Most of us, i.e., comedians, 
treat open mics as a necessary evil. But not Silas P. Every week, Silas talks to a veteran of the sights, sounds, and smells of the Philly open mic scene, sharing stories of momentary triumph and lingering failure with enough shit talk sprinkled in to make you listen to hear your name. I'm like 35% sure that I'm in there. So pay attention, hang out in the room, and maybe you'll learn why you got bumped on the launching pod. And we're back. Welcome back to the garage for the tail end of the Stevie Wonder special. Um, we're going to start the countdown from our top threes all the way down to our number ones. Luke, you're up. Hit me with your top number three. Uh, yeah, my number three is just uh, fulfilling this uh, first final. I like it. I like um, the slickness of it. Like I said, uh, we kind of talked about it to death earlier, but um, this is one obviously my least listened to that I listened to the most this week. And um, like I said, love the funky dance tracks on it. I like the ballads on it. I like the um, appearances of the Jackson 5 who literally just get to sing doo-wop and they could have been anybody, but he shouts them out anyway, which is pretty cool. Like, uh, almost like he knew they were going to be, like, classic immortal artists. Like, he had, a, like, a foresight, which is cool. Um, yeah, Mini Rifferton, great. Uh, great album, solid middle. That's how I feel. Yeah. Solid middle. What is, what is your guys' three? What's your middle? My three is, uh, it is the third of these five that he made. It's Inner Visions. Um, I like this album a lot because it's, Maybe the most out of these five, it's like the uh, the continuous kind of track list where things kind of blend into one another more than any of the other four. Um, it has great standout singles, Living for the City, Higher Ground, Don't You Worry About a Thing. I like how Stevie Wonder took some musical motifs and injected it into this album, which I don't think he had done previously and he didn't do afterwards. So, like, for example, the chromatic uh, motif in Don't You Worry About a Thing, which is like, dun, 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 dun. He puts that in a part in Golden Lady. If you listen to that track, you can hear there's a, like, counter melody in that that uses that little motif. And he also from takes a motif from the previous album, Talking Book, the uh, horn part at the tail end of Superstition, the... He puts that in Living for the City. So, like halfway through the track, you can hear the stereo panning, the Tonto synthesizer, which is that like very like vocally sounding, like ethereal, otherworldly sounding synthesizer. So that little thing comes in before the little break where it does like the um, spoken dialogue. So I I thought that was really cool. Uh, I I just I like this song because it truly is inner visions where it's Stevie for the first time looking even more personally. And I think it's his first mo- more expansive worldview. So it's a lot of social issues. It's a lot of world issues. So Visions is an aspire- inspiring and aspiring song. Too High is about drug abuse. And it has that like kind of feel because it's this like skittery jazz song that then goes into this like drowsy like funk, which I think is really cool. Um, higher ground, you know, is about not giving up, and he's Mister Know It All is like a parable, parable story, kind of like mostly talked about Richard Nixon. People thought at the time, um, so yeah, I I love this album. Maybe my least favorite on this whole album would be 
all in love is fair because it's a ballad but like i said earlier about stevie ballads like i love them to death and you know this is the 10th 11th best stevie ballad so it's still good but it's uh probably a down point of this album but yeah love this album yeah i mean i'm gonna I'm going to go with you on this one, too, just like with the last pick. I'll, I'm going to go with Intervisions as my number three as well. Um, I mean, I, I I do really like All in Love is Fair. I like that track a lot. Um, but for me, the highlight of the album is probably the most haunting of all the songs, which is Visions. Yeah. Um, it For me, it like it's so, like, moody and, like, brooding and dark and, like, and just as a reference point, I think that if you were to listen back or if you listen to this song and there's another band, this is going to seem like it's out of left field, but bear with me. Like there's a band that I've referenced a couple of times, a heavy metal band called Opeth. Uh, they're kind of progressive metal, all that stuff. They have had sort of these kind of more mellow tunes that they've released. I, uh, I want to say the Damnation album. I think that's the name of the album. Uh, there was like a, there was like two albums that they released. One was like all really, really heavy metal stuff. And then the second one was all of this like super mellow kind of acoustic driven music, a lot of like upright bass usage and stuff like that. If you listen to visions, it is like, boom, it's like, it's, it almost sounds exactly like the formula that Opeth would go on to use, uh, to write these kind of really almost like uncomfortable feeling kind of vibes. You know what I'm saying? But like, um but he's just he was it's just you know it's he's so good at what he does um but yeah same i mean you kind of you know you you talked pretty much at length about the album jeff but uh yeah highlights i mean i do love the song too high um i think that stevie's in terms of track placement his albums are killer like he has the best track placement he'll give you kind of like a somber sad song and then come in with something right after that that's like very high energy and funky you know, he kind of gives you his albums have peaks and valleys. It's not like, you know, some albums, it seems like they come in hot, you know, they give you the good stuff. And then things just kind of start to kind of meander on down. I don't really think Stevie's albums suffer from that that much. Like, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, number three for me, definitely Inner Visions. I love Jesus, Children of America, you know, Higher Ground, obviously, like you said. I mean, that's got the, again, the like the killer clavinet you know, and all that, like, it's, uh, it's, it's a strong album, man. It's a strong number three for me for sure. And, and again, like going back, it was one that, that really stuck out to me. And I was like, oh yeah, man, Intervisions is killer. Cause on vinyl, I own Songs in the Key of Life and Talking Book. And I think, I believe I own a copy of Intervisions, but Talking Book and Songs in the Key of Life, whenever I was like, oh, I want to get my Stevie fixed. Those were the two albums that I kind of always put on, you know, but really doing this deep dive, um, Intervisions definitely climbed up the ladder for me. You know, 100%. you gotta get the other ones, man. Those are your number four and five. Yeah, huh? Yeah, I know. I get those. Gotta talk to my man Luke. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> See if he has any doubles. Um, know, of course. Yeah. So if we're moving on to number two, this is gonna be my number two. Um, so I this was like you said, you don't have this one on vinyl. This was the first Stevie Wonder I consciously ever had put on, um, and I remember doing it. Um, it, this like changed my whole mind like about music like literally like this kind of blew my door wide open into like um exploring like soul music and on a different level um 
the album opener for me. We're talking about like the slop jalopness of it. Um, obviously, it's the parody of like what the lyric is about um, being like too high. But I love how um, like in the middle of like the track, Stevie starts doing like this like triplet fill, like and it slows down. Um, so that's like when I love the um, that aspect of this record. Um, I also like the vocalizations on too high where it could have been a horn in the um, the do he's got the chromatic like uh, vocal stacked on top of that where most people would have made that a horn line he made it like a uh, stacked harmony uh vocals so that's like another thing i love about this um that song um the real like mind blower for me on here though was um living for the city when that kicked on um it is like really it's a it's a story it's a story song about um you know growing up uh hard time mississippi and then they moved to the city and the trials and tribulations of uh, um black america in that um that move in that story and he makes it so it's like a whole thing like you have like uh, the noises of the city in there and um there's voices and um it's such a seven and a half minutes long it's it's a really nice uh story piece and something i think everybody should hear because it's a perspective of um uh black culture and black life from a black person and it's uh, uh so masterfully put on this record mm-hmm. um uh, my Another song I really, really like on here that I want to talk about is um, Don't You Worry About a Thing. Um, I like the beginning of it, the skit where he's um, like talking, trying to impress the uh, Spanish lady by speaking Spanish to her. And she's like, you're saying it wrong kind of thing. Like, that's not how you say that. And I love how like playful that is. And then into like the plunks of the piano, it's just like the bump, bump, bump. So super Spanish-y. And then in the chorus, the... um, I think he's repeating the word that he couldn't say in the beginning skit, uh, which I can't pronounce either, but uh, it's like the... Yeah. (laughs) And like, it's accented in the uh, choruses. I love the buildup at the end. You have the giant like chorus of vocals and um, Stevie just comes alive for me on that one. Also, I want to note Higher Ground um, when Stevie Wonder got into that accident uh, and he was in a coma after um, the release of this album. Um, somebody came in and started singing this song to him, um, you know, Higher Ground, which is about having uh, another chance at life to do it again. Um, and, you know, uh, in, that was the song that his fingers started tapping and he started to move again. In, uh, it's a pretty amazing story. And that always like kind of shook me. And this song is, uh, you know, Higher Ground and uh, might be have some higher power in it. And that's why uh, I think it's a super powerful song. And I, uh, I love it. Also, shout out to my boys in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Give it away over here. Yeah, this is my number two because it mostly was, it was just, it impacted me so hard. And it was yeah. the first Stevie album I really put on. And uh, I think it's um, a good kind of collection of like everything Stevie does. You got, you know, good ballads and don't worry about a thing. It's super dancey and fun, higher ground. I, I love it. So, yeah, yeah. My number two guy, my number two. I like how we kind of placed it all in the same. Yeah. Um, what you guys got? My Jeffrey? number two is the one I've listened to the most front to back, and that's the first of these five that he made in 1972, Music of My Mind. Uh, it. I thought it might move down the list because, you know, I'm open to new things, but I've listened to this album the most for a reason. I just love it to death. It has some excellent standout tracks. One of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs of all time, Superwoman, Where Were You When I Needed You, which is like this epic eight, nine minute long song, which is 
like three minutes of one song and that has this kind of like transitional thing and that goes into a longer ballad at the end i love seems so long which is an excellent stevie wonder ballad i love the closer evil which was written co-written with his at the time wife sarita wright's sister yvonne right um it's a great song it has i love every little thing about you it's very joyful and playful uh sweet little girl is an awesome song because it's like stevie wonder like sings and then it goes to this droopy out of time thing where he does these like skits back and forth to the girl he's trying to talk to and how come on baby come here i'll be better for you like i'll put this harmonica down i'll i'll stop playing my clavinet like it's just a very playful song and uh happier than the morning sun is a great wake up song for a long time it was like the first thing that would put on my morning playlist um so yeah this uh, this album i've i've listened to the most and i still just love to death and maybe it's because i am so familiar with those deeper cuts that i just like these deeper cups more than the ones on the previous albums but yeah my number two uh music of my mind and this was the kickoff of this period so like it was just it's a revolutionary album and you know uh how did you first like get your hands on this record? Was this like something you downloaded or did somebody like throw you a CD or is this also the first Stevie wonder record you listened to Jeff? That's what I want to. I would say most likely the first one I listened to was songs in the key of life, but I don't remember like my parents owning that one. So I don't know how I would have listened to that. Maybe like my parents had a greatest hits album and just more of that album songs are on it. Maybe. But this music of my mind was the first Stevie Wonder album that I bought with my own money. Yeah. So I, I bought this one, you know, I was 14. I was just buying hundreds of <laughs> hundreds of CDs. So, you know, it was one of the like seven ninety nine Walmart discs. Uh, so No, I love that. It's like more, yeah. you know, personal because I was like the one you got. So that, that's, yeah. that's really cool, man. I, I dig yeah. that. Yeah, nice. Uh, again, it's funny, Jeff, you, your and I's list is very similar except for what I think will end up being a swap for one and five. Um, (laughs) Music of my mind, my number two, strong number two. Another album that going into this week long uh, of Stevie uh, listening was, uh, it really stood out to me. I wanted to go in chronological order just to hear, you know, just the progress of Stevie's songwriting and everything. I mean, of course, songs in the key of life being the like the grand finale, but music of my mind, kind of like you said, you know, it, it's a little, it's you know, it's a little rough, it's a little bit, you know, but it's it's cool because it's it is this sort of transitionary thing where it's you know a little Stevie Wonder, kind of becoming you know the master songwriter. Um, not that I don't think he, I mean, I think he always was kind of a master songwriter. I mean, I think that kind of thing is just in your genetics. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was just in his bones. You know, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, the song Superwoman, like you said, I mean, you kind of talked to it at length, this album. Um, but um, I mean, for me, I think the 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 song that hit me so hard was the song Evil. Um, you know, we just, you know, we've we've talked about things like mental health on this podcast before. You know, I have a other podcast that's kind of like, you know, that revolves around that. And I think for this song, it's just such a. It's such a plea asking, like, you know, evil, why have you engulfed so many hearts? Evil, why have you destroyed so many minds, leaving room for darkness uh, where lost dreams can hide? Like, why do you infest our purest thoughts with hatred? You know, why have you stolen so much love? You know, why have you taken over God's children's eyes? Like, it's just for me, it's like, 
it's a it's a heavy topic, man. And it's and and I and I just I do love that because I think like really this is this shows you a sense to Stevie Wonder's humanity in that aspect because I think. Uh, you know, especially now with everything that's going on, you know, there's so much evil. There's so much hatred. Uh, we're literally seeing it on the daily, on the news, you know, and everything. And, like, it really is just such uh, – it was such a, 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 a big song for me. Probably the one I listened to – like, in terms of individual tracks on this album, Evil was probably the one that I listened to the most because it really pulled on my heartstrings, man. Because, you know, it's life can be really overwhelming and you can kind of look at that. And, you know, but that's the thing about Stevie is like he can give you this sort of heartfelt kind of song like Evil, but then he can also give you another, you know, type of a vibe that's really building you up and, and, and kind of making you see the lightness of life and the happiness of life. But that's what I love about him is he, there's, there's just so many layers to his songwriting. You know, and um, <clears throat> again, like just with evil, like that was just that, you know, but happier than the morning sun. Great tune. Keep on running. Great tune. I love every little thing about you. I mean, like sweet little girl, like it's like all these, you know, all these songs are great, man. Love having you around. I think, again, talking back to how we were saying opening tracks for an album. It's a great opening track for an album. Um, so, yeah, music of my mind. Strong number two for me, man. Yeah, Strong man. number two for me. Uh, what's your favorite luke let's go baby my favorite is uh well what's left is talking book is my favorite stevie wonder record um i really it wasn't my favorite like earlier last year i wouldn't have said that i would probably say intervisions but um i really fell in love with this record uh definitely last fall um and i started to really love like the songs that weren't hits on here more um when we haven't talked about yet on this record uh tuesday heartbreak um, I like how it's a short, it's a three minute song. So it's pretty short. Um, it's got great synth uh, sound. Um, and the chorus is like super kind of old school rock, uh, uh, not rock and roll, sorry, old school R&B, like, I want to be with you. Um, and it's like a girl won't be with him uh, kind of song. And I just love the, um, how it's like a Tuesday heartbreak. And it's kind of like the cures, you know, Friday, I'm in love kind of thing, like a day of the week that you felt bad. I, um and I just love the whole vibe of the song. And it's, a, you know, a deep cut on this record that I think really stood out to me, like, last fall. And I love that. Um, uh, also, like, the album opener, uh, You Are the Sunshine of My Life. I like how the album opener is really soft and tender. Um, and then it builds to, like, uh, climaxes later in the album. So I like how it's a soft open and not something, like, aggressive. It's really sweet and, like, um, you know, you have the apple in my eye. It's really, like... Um, like that really that sweetness and then i also love like the next track how like jeff was saying like the sourness and funk slop that is maybe your baby um it reminds me of like a led zeppelin live jam but completely funk and soul and r&b it's got like that psychedelicness of it and i like um how stevie wonder does like the funny vocals like the baby yo baby like up in the tops um, and every time like you listen to it, maybe you may maybe hear one you hadn't heard before. Um, and also on mo- a lot of these Stevie Wonder records, like he makes a lot of um, uh, joyful expression that gets left on the record of him just being like, yeah. Um, or like even when he tells himself like, you know, like, can I play kind of stuff? Um, also, my favorite guitar solo probably in the running right now is uh, uh, Looking for Another Pure Love. Um, I love that Jeff Beck one that we talked about for all the reasons Jeff hates. Um <laughs> And yeah, like you said, I love like uh, Superstitions, great single, uh, super funky. I don't know if anything ever rocked harder. 
Um, and I love the big brother, you know, soft, um, like almost sounds like woodland creature Zelda e music mixed uh, with like the um, 1984 themes and social consciousness. I like that a ton. Um, yeah, I just love every song in this record. I think it has a lot of um, peaks and valleys of like emotion and um, feel. Um, and I love the sonic landscape that it makes. Like the, it's got the slop and it's got the sweet. It's got, you know, super, you know, superstition that rocks hard. Um, for me, it's just got like kind of everything that um, I love about Stevie Wonder and all the other albums in this one for me. So, and also I like the sloppy jalopness of, you know, a lot of it. So that's why uh, I dig this one the most. Yeah. Interesting cool. fact about this album, uh, the original pressings actually had his name and the album title in Braille on it. Which mm-hmm. I didn't know that, so I mean that that's pretty cool, man. Like, yeah. I I love I love that he did that, and um, yeah, I need and, a cop. I need a copy of that if any of you find one. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep my eyes open for you. Um, keep your fingers open for. Yeah, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Talking Book was kind of higher up on my list, but I mean, yeah, of course, you know, it's 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 an incredible album, man. There's nothing, you know, I I. I love the song. I believe when I fall in love, it will be forever. Like, I think that's a great tune. I, 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 I love, you know, Stevie will give you the clavinet. He'll give you the Moog bass. He'll give you the, the harpsichord and the, you know, and the, uh, the Fender Road style thing. But I just love when you hear Stevie sitting in front of just a piano, you know, there's, there's something about the way that he can just play a piano that, like you said earlier, Jeff, like there's like almost kind of Baroque influences in there. There's classical influences in there. But then he but then he definitely gives you that sort of soul vibe too in there as well with just like his choice of chords and and every so it's kind of like the best of both worlds for me because I love classical music and then I also love you know I love Stevie too so he just gives you some 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 little some some zhuzh, a little extra flavor on top of those chords you know sprinkling some of the soul on top of it so I, I yeah I mean it's, Dude, it's phenomenal I, I mean to restate he. He he played ninety five percent of everything on all the five of these albums, and he made this album six months after the previous album. Mm-hmm. So it's like just you know another a different level. Yeah, just so prolific, you know, yeah. just so like. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, what intervision? Uh, no, it's uh, is intervi- Oh, okay, that was Intervision's second album of the year, right? It is Intervision's yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, that was well, the the first. Grammy wasn't that the first Grammy award won by a uh, African American man? I think I want to well, say sure, I think one I think of these it was albums... the first album of the year won by a black man. Okay, yeah. all right, maybe that's but, yeah, maybe but, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, three, four, and five out of these five all won album of the year Grammy, which right? Is pretty crazy. So, Jeff, what is your number one? Paul Simon th- famously thanked him in like 1976. He said, thank you, Stevie Wonder, for not making an album this year because he wanted that year. <laughs> um, in the four years, he was the only one. Um, my number one is the magnum opus. It's Songs in the Key of Life. It's for other reasons we stated before. It has just timeless singles uh, as Isn't She Lovely, Sir Duke, I Wish... But I love this album's deep cuts just as much. I love the opener, Love's in Need of Love Today, which starts with a choir of Stevie Wonder singing. Um, I have a talk with God, uh, Village Ghetto Land. Like, they're all incredible songs. To 
so the theme of this month is black history. And I'll just say this, like this at the time I heard this album, this was, you know, I'd heard other artists, but this was like the first time I heard like a black artist in the way of like speaking about the life issues faced by black people and the worldview. And um, so like this, this, this album has always like cut really deep for me because it was just a side of life that I just had no real perspective on. And uh, it was very eye opening. And I like this album in the way of the, the previous four are like extremely personal. And this album is like almost removed from that. Like Stevie is like, singing from this omniscient point of view at times where like, it seems like he really does have the keys of life of like what's important and what's meaningful and what hurts and what brings you joy and pleasure. And the sound of this album is like light years ahead of any of the other four production wise and polish wise. And like the other four, you can kind of tell it's him playing a lot of stuff, but this album it's almost like hidden because it's so well produced. And I do enjoy the fact that this album was more open to other collaborators. There are more people featured on this album. I think because of the length of it, he kind of needed more, more chefs in the kitchen to help him. But I do like the fact that there are, it seems like more of a collaborative effort instead of like a solo project hummed by him. Um, this album features my favorite Stevie Wonder song of all time, which is a really simple song. It's very deep in the album. I think it's like, if you count the entirety, like how it lists on Spotify, which includes the double album plus the added EP, it's probably like sixth to the last track, but it's called If It's Magic, which is this whole song about love. And, you know, if love's so magic, why do we, you know, X, Y, and Z? And it's a very beautiful song. It's just Stevie singing and it's the great Dorothy Ashby on harp. So it's just singing with some, with harp strums behind it. And then Stevie does like a 20 second harmonica solo at the end. And it's like, I'm constantly writing songs and I'm going, Oh no, you're just, you're just ripping off. If it's magic, you need to change a couple notes here. Um, because that song is like so deep in my soul. Um, but yeah, like, this is just, you know, it's, it's just the, uh, it's the epic man. And I love how long it is. I love how many tracks it is. I don't get bored for a second on this album. Like I said earlier, Contusion was like the, maybe the one I would ever skip. And even now I, I don't skip it. I listen to the whole thing. Um, Ordinary Pain, which is Stevie Wonder singing with some backing vocalists. I think, um, I think, Mini Ripperton is a co-collaborator on that song. But yeah, it's just uh it's just an epic. And this is the only one of the five that Stevie Wonder had no uh help from the team behind Tonto's expanding headband, um, Malcolm Cecil and Robert Margulif. Because there was some like bad blood with them, unfortunately, and like, you know, some business stuff and pay stuff. So like this is missing those guys who helped him with all those synthesizer sounds of the pre previous four albums. But that doesn't mean the synthesizer sounds are gone. Like this this album is very heavy in the synthesizer sounds. But um, you know, just a shout out. If anybody is listening to this to this podcast, check out this album by Tonto's Expanded Headband. Tonto standing for uh the original new timbral orchestra which was like the synthesizer module that these guys built but check out the album zero time by tonto's expanding headband because 
that like shows you what Stevie was going for. The, that band put out that electronic project and Stevie heard it. And me was like, I got to track down the guys making this music. Cause that's what's in my head. And that's what started him off on the journey on music of my mind and these five albums. Um, but yeah, songs in the key of life, man, just like no album sounds like it since it was made. What? Four. How many years ago is that? I'm bad at math. 45 years ago. 35 yeah, years, something like 45 that. Yeah. years ago. And like, it's still, I think every soul artist is still like trying to recapture the magic that he made on that album. I like how you uh, also stated like it was kind of like an album for everybody. Like he wrote it like not as personally, and it, like it feels like like you said like it was for everybody. Um, and that I like that aspect of it. And I'm glad you like brought that up because it's it's almost got like you know like moments for mom and dad, and then like moments for like a little kid on it too. It's like could be very, like a very family kind of thing. I don't know. That's how I kind of see it. It's got like yeah. a lot of different like. Um, you know, for everyone kind of thing. And I, I dig that. Yeah. And you did, you mentioned the song, have a talk with God and forgive me if I'm repeating myself. Cause I know we talked about songs in the key of life a little bit earlier, but like that song for me, I mean, Luke, you and I spoke, I think at some point this week in the, like some evening in the past week. And it was like, like I said earlier, you know, his music can be very therapeutic in that way. And, you know, it was kind of a rough week for me, you know, kind of had a rough, you know, we, we all have bad weeks. Um, and it really was, like, although I had like, I had kind of a rough week in terms of like work and, and, and stress levels and stuff like that. I was also listening to CV Wonder the entire time. And, you know, I mean, that line, man, when you feel your life's too hard, just go have a talk with God. And for me, it was really, you know, I kind of had a talk with, <laughs> with God because I felt kind of inspired by this song, you know, so I think that not only speaks to Stevie Wonder as a musician, but also just kind of the power of music in general in that way where it can be very therapeutic and it can be really helpful, man, in, in, in some, some darker times, you know. Um, and even with the song Have a Talk With God, he he still also touches on, um, on some social issues because I'm pretty sure, or maybe I'm confusing this song with a different one. I am confusing this Village song with a different one. My apologies. Right. Um... But uh, but yeah, man, all around, I mean, how can you, you can't, you know, with that being your number one, man, that's an inarguable, <laughs> that's an inarguable one, because it really is, dude, it's, it's a, it's a profile. I was thinking music in my no... mind, I was like, maybe that'll leapfrog it, because I've listened to it most, and I just listened to that's it That's where I thought you I'm were going like, to go. No, nah, man, like, Stones of the Key of Life is like a top five, top ten album, period, for me, so. Yeah. Right, of yeah. all time, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, for my number one the biggest sleeper album the one i spent the least time with in more you know in the past but the most time with in the recent past um i really really love fulfilling this first finale man that's the dark horse number one i respect i respect it though but i just love it man i love that it is the darker album you know i mean you have songs like smile please Dude, Heaven is 10 zillion light years away. That song for me, when he kicks into it, you know, and when he's like, but my heart can feel it. Yeah, feel his, feel his spirit. It's just like, it feels, it's so gospel. It's so, like, it's so moving, man. I say this, this album moved me the most. Like, internally, I had the, the I had probably the heaviest emotional response to this album, man. And speaking of, <clears throat> like I said, like I was, <laughs> I mistakenly said, um, with have a talk with God, this song too does have that kind of social commentary, man. Cause at one point, you know, uh, he says, 
Um, why must my color black make me a lesser man? I thought this world was made for every man, you know? So he does touch on that. You know, it, 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 there's, there's just so many layers to this song. I, and I do, dude, I just, I absolutely, I love this song. And I'm pretty sure in the beginning of this, this is where he comes in with the harpeggi. It's kind of like that guitar. Isn't I that? Think that's, that I, I don't think that was, is that a synthesizer? I think maybe? that's a uh, clavinet without the wah on. Cause the arpeggi was only like made, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but like, it's the same concept. Oh, it's, I see. It's the same I got concept, you. Okay. Har- harpeggi is just fingers touching the strings. Whereas the clavinet is just the hammers of a keyboard hitting strings. So it's just, it's the same sound though. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, man, this, this album for me, like I said, I mean, we, you know, at this point we've kind of talked these albums to death, not but, enough still, you know, not, but yeah, still not enough, man. And, 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 and I know it's kind of a, it's kind of a curveball that this is my number one. Uh, it was, it was for me too, to be, to be honest with you going into it. I'm like, yeah, well, obviously, top three is probably going to at least include songs in the key of life, intervisions and talking book. For me, yeah. in my head, it was like, those are going to be the top three. It's just a matter of what order they're in. And it, it kind of threw me for a loop. Music of my mind moved into the top three. You know, other things got bumped. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was kind of a surprise to me. Maybe it was just the, the week that I had that kind of influenced yeah. the way that I listened to these albums and uh, you know uh, how I did respond to them emotionally. But yeah, man, fulfilling this, my number one, man. Let, so let's one. recap, Luke, can you list uh one, one down to five for you? Okay. What was it? Uh, so one was talking book. My second pick was inner visions. My third was uh, fulfillness. Uh, my fourth was songs of key of life. And then my fifth was music of my mind. Uh, also want to state, in my opinion, greatest album run in history. Agreed. I don't think anybody, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody has made five albums that are better than these five consecutively. Right. So, my five uh, in order: number one, "Songs of the Key of Life." Number two, "Music of My Mind." Number three, "Inner Visions." Number four, "Talking Book." Number five, "Fulfilling This First Finale." And I'll just say, if I'm not talking about bands, Stevie Wonder is my favorite solo artist of all time. Yeah, mine five to one um songs in the key oh one to five sorry um one to five <laughs> fulfilling this uh music of my mind inner visions talking book songs in the key of life and i mean you guys have said it we've said it this entire podcast it's i mean it's stevie wonder man like there's a reason why he's the great <laughs> like he's a goat man he's like one of the greatest the, the only time. downfall of stevie wonder is that he Kind of, you know, he did it and then, like, has been doing the greatest hits for the last 30 years. But, you know, he's still out there. He's still playing these songs, and these songs are timeless, and they're immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I think it speaks uh, more to the fact that he, like, you know, he does the greatest hits now, and then, like, he could still do it off of, like, pretty much, like, these right. five albums. And that's a, that's a testament. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, and and when when I hear it, you know, because cause not for nothing, you know, I downloaded a few of the albums mm. prior to this classic run, kind of the earlier Motown stuff and everything, too. And it just goes to show you, too, man, like, of course he was a brilliant musical mind. Of course, right. you know, all that stuff. But for me, it also shows you, too, man, that, like, you got to you have to work out that musical muscle, man. And if you do, yeah. I think. I think I think so many more people are capable of reaching these kinds mm. of heights. It's just that a lot of people don't put the work in, 
required to get to a yeah. point where you can you can you can flex in this kind of a way um you know like like we said it, it, it's it's kind of funny how yeah like his career kind of kind of dissolved uh pretty shortly thereafter like this run of albums yeah i, I think mean, he i think he just said know, what you, he had to say you know and like he he almost quit on music before making songs of the key of life he was going to travel and live in ghana and work with handicapped children and stuff so like I think he just like did his life's work and I was like, yeah, that's what I have to say. And now I'm just going to live. So yeah, yeah, I respect it. I wish there was more, yeah, I, you, you know, you I'd love to talk about five more amazing albums, but you know, we have these five. So yeah. Yeah, that's it, absolutely. That's so that's it. it, man. That wraps up our black history month for this yeah. year. Um, Moving on, I'm not really. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't really totally discussed what we're. I think we'll start do doing it, some special uh, going guests further, but... in this next month. Bring some guests on and talk about some things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna change gears a little bit. We kind of have some fun, exciting announcements that'll be happening in the uh, in the month of March. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have some great guests, and uh, you know, looking forward to uh, to going forward. But Stevie, Stevie Wonder, Wonder forever. Greatest of all he time. Is, truly. Greatest of all time. Um, this week, my podcast, What Works For You. I'm taking a bye week this week. It's been kind of hectic uh, in my personal life, so it's kind of trying. It's, you know, it's difficult to make time yeah. for it, so I am taking a bye week this week. Uh, Jeff, you recently released the yeah, last my, episode featuring... My uh, previous episode from this past week of what do you love about music featured my first international guest an artist a friend of mine from college named joey ruckus he lives in madrid spain and he's like a pop dance artist and uh he and i had a great conversation uh so check that out what do you love about music and my guest this week will be oh jeffrey oh we lost jeff we lost jeff well, Michael, is this the end of the episode? I suppose it is. I suppose okay. it is. Um, let well, me... may- maybe you could tag on who Jeff's extra guest is, and we'll uh, we'll meet everybody next week. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. It's jo- uh, Joey Ruckus was the name of his guest. I don't. Yes, I'm not sure who he is having as his next one. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Should we? Yeah, Jeff just dropped out. Why don't we restart nope. it real quick? Why don't we just do just the last tag bit here? Uh, okay. Okay. We'll be back. All right. We'll be right back. What's oh, up? Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Ah, Jeff. Back. Um, who's, your next, my... who's your next guest? Who's your next be? guest? I mentioned oh, yeah. that Joey Ruckus was your, what, was your did, most recent did it, guest. Did it cut out after that? <laughs> yeah. We yeah. just, yeah. We just so didn't hear who your next is, guest is. Uh, right, musician right. and guitar luthier. He's the guy who does my guitar work, Brian Merritt. So I'm excited to record that this week. He'll be dropping on Wednesday. Yes, yeah. and he's a guest that we've discussed. We're going to try to yeah, have we'll him. Yeah, we'll have him on, on this month with his well. musical collaborator. I forget her name, but they have a new band. So. Oh, right. can I can I just add one more to Jeff's last episode with yeah. uh, with Joey? Uh, I'm with you, uh, Free Britney. Free so let's, Britney. Let's get it done, guys. We'll see you next week. Free Britney. I watched that documentary after listening to that podcast too, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, we ate her up and we we chewed her up and spit her out." That that poor yeah, the, poor woman. The internet, like, man, it's I, a fucking I, terrible thing. Uh, it was so brutal. That that documentary is brutal, but you know what? Yeah. It's very eye opening, and um, it brings a lot of awareness to the issues with conservatorship, and, celebrity, um, and everything. You know, yeah. a, a lot of yeah, right, right. So hashtag free <laughs> Britney. This has been get, this has been getting the garage. 
I'll see you guys you next too. week. I love you guys. Uh, Bye. And we'll, we'll figure, right. figure out what we're going to do next week. But until then, wow. get, get in the garage. Then. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.